This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Yes, we are celebrating Christmas in July, and that's because we have been going through this book, Krish Kandaya's God is Stranger. The opportunity that we have now to look at Mary and the stranger and the way that God unexpectedly showed up and how. We will also be drawing upon Philip Yancey's The Jesus I Never Knew. Our reading comes from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, beginning verse 1. It's found on page 1 of your New Testament in the Pew Bible. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened. Heard this, he was frightened. And all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stood the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child, to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated, and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem, who were two years old or under, according to the time when he had learned from the wise men. Let us pray. Lord, Christmas in July 
What do we make of it? We pray that you would help us hear with open ears, open minds, and open hearts so that we may receive you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My husband Jim and I were employees at Many Glacier Hotel. Every summer, we celebrated Christmas in July. And it's not so hard there because it is cool in the evenings and snow does cap the mountains. But there was a huge spruce tree set up in the lobby, decorated with white lights. We sang Christmas carols, drank hot chocolate, and we gave each other gifts that we had made or purchased in the gift shop. It created the feeling of Christmas. Now, today, in Newburyport, Massachusetts, we are reading the Christmas texts with the heat index being the highest ever on record. We may not feel like Christmas, but this is an opportunity for us to encounter the meaning of the Christmas story. The Christmas story, even in July, of the Christmas story. The Christmas story, even in July, is about God's self-disclosure. It's about the two responses that we can make to God's self-disclosure. And it's about the difference that Christmas makes. Self-disclosure of God. I'm choosing that phrase instead of revelation because revelation sometimes just falls without meaning on our ears. Self-disclosure is when you want someone to know you. You tell something. They wouldn't know otherwise. So I began with a true story. A newly married couple flees for their lives from the only country they have ever known. They leave at night in order not to be seen. They are enemies hunted down by a powerful government. And before them lay hostilities that they cannot imagine. Like other migrants before them, they spend their nights in makeshift shelters. They struggle in their journey to find the food that they need. They find a country and make asylum for years, remaining in hiding. They're living in a time of violence and fear and corruption. The couple clutches their little boy tightly to protect him from the death that has befallen the little ones that were left behind. Whose story is this? This is the Christmas story. This is the story of the events surrounding. We are looking now at the self-disclosure of God. The end of the Old Testament ends in Malachi. And from Malachi to the first page of Matthew, we have one little page. That's just a separation. What this represents, though, is 400 years of silence from God. 400 years without a word from the Lord. 
And now, in the Christmas story that we have heard read, God shows up. God, fully revealed, self-disclosing. What is he like? When small children want to get to know another child, they oftentimes ask, what is your favorite color? When small children want to get to know another child, they oftentimes ask, what is your favorite color? As we get older, we ask one another, like, what is your favorite food or music or your favorite sports team? As we age, we ask one another, who is your favorite doctor? At Christmas, God is fully revealed. What will he be like? What sort of entrance will he make? Will it be bigger than the halftime at the Super Bowl or the opening ceremony for the Olympics? God self-discloses in the Christmas story. What we find is he enters the world as an infant, working never-before-used lungs. He's born to an impoverished, un married couple who announced that she would conceive by the Holy Spirit. She shares this with Joseph. God confirms this in a dream to Joseph that this is true. Mary and Joseph, they are the parents of the Son of God. But still they can't scrape enough money together to give Jesus a decent, worshipful ceremony to dedicate him in the temple when he's eight days old. They would have chosen the ox, but they can't afford that. They would have chosen a lamb, they can't afford that. And so they choose the pauper's option, two pigeons to dedicate their son, the son of God, to God the Father in heaven. Our son, James, was June the 5th, 1982. Jim was in seminary to prepare for ministry. I was working nights at a hospital as an RN. We lived in a small, unair-conditioned, furnished apartment. It was 16 days later that Prince Charles and Princess Diana had William come into their life. William, born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was dressed in white gowns with lace. James was dressed in hand-me-downs. William had a palace as a playground. James had a closet for a nursery. Compared to Prince and Princess Nursery. Compared to Prince and Princess, we looked like nobodies. And we have to wonder, why did God's entrance come into the world with two nobodies? Because God is self-disclosing. He wants us to get to know who God is. God is humble. Now the cry of Muslims is, 
God is great. This truth requires no supernatural revelation. Few humans would deny that. That God is humble requires supernatural revelation. He comes as a little child, filled with little, humble people. And we should expect that our lives will be more and more fit into this pattern as we willingly are conformed to the nature of God. Those who receive God are shaped into God's likeness, humble. God uses humble people in extraordinary ways to fulfill his purpose in the world. It is God's M.O. The second thing from the Christmas story that we discover is that God is approachable. It's possible to have a close, personal relationship with God. It is possible because God came as one of us. Jim and I raise chickens. Now, some chickens we have purchased at Tractor Supply. Regardless of their origins, we love our chickens. And yet, they remain afraid of us. The ones who wanted them, who are feeding them, watering them, protecting them as best we can, they still keep their distance from us out of fear. The only thing left for us to do would be to become a chicken, and that ain't going to happen. But if I loved my chickens enough to become one, even willing to give my life for a chicken, you can begin to grasp now how approachable God is in becoming a human. Christmas means, Christmas means we can have fellowship with God. It's not enough simply to believe that God exists or to do the best we can to be pleasing to him in obedience. It's it's much more that Christmas means. God has gone to infinite lengths to come near so that you and I can know him personally. He is approachable. He wants an intimate, personal fellowship with you. The third thing we find in the Christmas story is God prefers the underdog. I get that from... Yancey, who says he winces when he writes that. But that is what we see in the story and throughout. Because from the moment, because from the moment that Jesus was conceived, he was identified with the underclass. Jesus' mother was a refugee in Africa. The Son of God was an asylum seeker whose parents crossed borders in order to find sanctuary. God's preferences speak for themselves. From his birth, Jesus was identified with someone who was persecuted, illegitimate, homeless, and marginalized. 
and this is God's grand entrance? Yes, because it's God's self-disclosure. God arranged these circumstances in which to be born. God's preference speaks for itself. Now, what are we going to do with God's self-disclosure? That's what we're presented with at Christmas. Mary receives the word that comes through the angel Gabriel that she will conceive a son to be the Messiah who is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Her response, Luke 1.38, Here am I, the, am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. The first response is to receive it. To receive God. What we see is that Mary is getting to know God by the way she then responds throughout the Christmas story. When the shepherds arrive at the stable on the night of Jesus' birth, Mary welcomes the shepherds under her roof. Shepherds were ceremonially unclean. They were outcast from God's house. Mary knew this, but she receives them under her roof because of God's self-disclosure, his preferential options. Mary welcomes the shepherd. She listens to what they have seen and what they have heard. She ponders these in her heart. His allows us then to be open to others. Similarly, when religious astrologers showed up later at her door, Mary welcomes them as well. You know the old joke about the, mag the magi? We know that they were men because of the gifts that they bring. If they were women, they would have brought something more practical, like casseroles. We may be so familiar with this Christmas story that we are not shocked at Mary's response. The magi were religious astrologers. They read messages in the stars. The message that they received was the king of the Jews had been born. We refer to the Magi as wise men, but every Jews had been born. We refer to the Magi as wise men, but every Israelite knew from Scripture that Magi were not good and they were not wise. They were idolaters. Jews were not to associate with such people. So why does Mary receive the Magi into her home? Because she has received God's self-disclosure in the birth of Jesus Christ. God is humble, approachable. He has a preference for the underdog. But there is another response that we can have that comes from the Christmas story. The other response is to reject it. Herod rejects who God is. The Magi go to King Herod, where the king of the Jews was to be born. They've seen the star scripture. Herod calls in the scribes. They open scripture. We can see something from general revelation, but we need the scripture to know who God is. 
And he's, it's identified as Bethlehem. That's where the king is born. Herod is alarmed. If the true king is born, then Herod will be displaced. He cannot remain, acting as though he is the center of the universe with everything revolving around him. Herod rejects God's self-disclosure in Jesus. Herod the Great is most commonly associated with the slaughter of the innocents that we read. We don't see those on images on Christmas cards. There's no way to airbrush this story. It was Herod who had state-sponsored acts of terror. He killed two of his sons-in-law. He had his wife Miriam killed. He killed two of his own sons. Caesar Augustus said that it would be better to be Herod's pig than his son. Five days before he died, Herod ordered the gathering up of many citizens and decreed that they would be executed on the day of his death so that there would be a proper atmosphere of mourning in the country. For Herod, exterminating baby boys, one of whom might be the Christ child, was mere collateral damage and his goal to rid himself of an opponent. In our natural state, each one of us has a little Herod in us. We want to be ruler, king of our own lives, making the rules, not having to bend the knee to any other higher person. And apart from repentance and new birth, we all are like Herod in our natural state. Which response describes you? Are you like Mary, receiving God's self-disclosure? God who goes to infinite lengths to get near you? If you respond like her, I do encourage you to take Kimberly Fick up on her offer, to meet one-to-one -one with you about a personal plan for spiritual growth. Get to know Jesus better by reading the Gospels and praying. Is your response like, your response like Herod, rejecting God's self-disclosure, unwilling to relinquish living life on your own terms? In the end, the rightful king of life will be revealed. What difference does Christmas make? For most of us, the Christmas story is domesticated. If it's nicely in December, Jesus' nativity is displayed in our house. But once the season is over, everything goes back in the box until next year, and we get on with our lives. But is there a difference that Christmas in July can make? Christmas time, 1937, Nicholas Winton planned on going skiing for his vacation. A friend urged him instead to go to Prague. On that trip, 28-year-old Winton 
came face to face with hundreds of refugees traveling across Europe. He was especially impacted by the plight of the children. Upon his return to London, Nicholas dedicated himself to a secret mission that not even his wife knew. He set up an office. He worked to assemble trains to travel to Czechoslovakia to evacuate refugee children to safety. He then set about securing homes and sponsorships for them. John was one of those boys. When he was seven, John was put on a train full of children. As the train was pulling from the station, John's mother stepped forward and handed him a watch through the open window before stepping back and waving goodbye. They would never see the face of each other again. John was evacuated in the short kinder transport program. His parents were among the six million Jews killed in the Holocaust as a result of one man's fanaticism. All in all, Winton had eight trains carrying 669 children to safety. Winton's response to what he saw at Christmas changed the whole life for John. What about us? What about you? What difference does God's disclosure make? What is your response? Let us pray. Lord, you have surprised us, maybe even alarmed us. But as the prophet speaks, may your salvation be manifest on earth. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness spring from the ground and righteousness look down from the sky. May it be so, O Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. If you'd like more information about our historic church or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.